<laughs> Explain yourself. I just need more coffee. I didn't get enough today. Um, yeah, so in I... In a uh, bigger container. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, this is... I think this is a regular size container. No. Yeah, no. I mean, this is—it's a Yeti, so it's big. But I think this is a—I think this is a, an appropriate size for coffee. What is that like? Sixteen ounces? Eighteen? Uh, yeah, something like that. It's big. It's enough. I'm gonna say that's a twenty. Sure, maybe. I mean, have you seen my my normal coffee mug? My normal coffee mug is enormous. Yeah. Like those little coffee mugs, those little ones that like you get at, at gift shops and stuff. That's, Perfect for me. That's pointless. That's that's not sufficient coffee. Well, for I mean, those who drink too much, it is not uh, sufficient. For those who wow. are moderate. Like I, me. I feel attacked. No, I'm just saying. I feel attacked. I'm just saying, in fact, you're addicted. You have a problem. <laughs> you need help. <laughs> How is having you know a caffeine intervention America's number one drug? I believe it. Caffeine is. I believe it. According to the American Psychological Sciences Association, whatever they are. Look, if I'm going to be addicted to something. <laughs> it's better be caffeine. I'm okay with it being caffeine. <laughs> I, I, I feel like in the in the vices that I could possibly have, this one is a pretty safe one, right? With a Lord, want us to have this place? This is interesting to think uh, about. I'm pretty sure the Lord made the coffee bean. <laughs> so, in the order of creation, I'm just using what He gave. Could us. you ever have too much of it, though? Can you ever be gluttonous with coffee? Yeah, of course. Oh, I guess spending money on like extravagant. Well, you can also just overdo it. You can drink too much coffee, and then your heart starts to race, and you feel like you're jittery. You're, yeah, well, you feel like you're you're sweating. Is that a sin then? Uh, other is that things. Gluttonous? It could be. I mean, I feel like you're doing the penance when your heart is racing, <laughs> and there's there there you're just oozing. Okay. Everything. Yeah. So it's it's cool. But what I like with this, so I got the black yeti. Mm-hmm. So just naturally. Delicious. Yeah, because it goes with the wardrobe exactly. So it always matches whatever I'm wearing. And our, ah, our, good friend, shoes. Our, our, our good friend, Katie Cavazzini, saw me with it one day and she said, no, that's not acceptable, Father. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, it's all black. And she said, I'm going to get you something as an oh, accessory. So and I don't know if you know this, folks, but the, uh, the little slider thing on, on the lid of your Yeti can be a different color. So she got me, I'm going to show it at the camera here. She got me a white one oh my for my all black Yeti, so it matches my collar even more perfectly. That's awesome. And so Katie Cavazzini, thank you. This is really cool. Oh, Katie uh, is the bomb. Yeah. And she's so you have the dog. Katie that supports matches. me in my addiction. <laughs> she's a teacher. She has no choice. Like <laughs> she has to have the coffee. I think teachers are supposed to be teaching the kids to say no to drugs. Oh wow, that wasn't a part of the dare program. <laughs> They didn't. They didn't. They didn't, they didn't. They did not mention this. Remember what was the Saved by the Bell episode where the girl was on like caffeine pills or something, and oh, it was it was how they addressed the danger of drugs, and she was taking caffeine <laughs> pills. I am so scared. When they should have just been talking about steroid pills. Yeah. But... Yeah. Well, it was a long time ago, and it was the nineties. <laughs> it was the nineties. <laughs> Do you remember that the the girl from from in the youth group said to us that that, that night? She's like, yeah, well. It was a long time ago when, when my dad was doing this. It was the 90s. Who said that? I don't remember who it was, but oh. the girl, she's like, it was the 90s. I'm like, that's not that long ago. I'm horrified. It's really long ago, though. No, it's not. It, but That's not true. But it's not to, real. But to kids who were born yeah. uh, after the turn of the century, it's a long time ago. We are do you, old. Do you want to know what's coming back? What's coming the back? The mullet. Amongst all these young men, yeah. the mullet is coming. And so I yeah. asked I asked one of, the, one of the kids in high school who came to pick up his sister last night. I was like, so the mullet, huh? He's like, yeah. I'm like, why? He goes, well, okay, a lot of people are doing it. I was like, so is the rat tail coming back? Oh, He's like, oh, oh ill, no. That's I'm like, terrible. <laughs> it's, it's got I, to. I feel like there's a progression. I, I feel like in, in a certain way, the mullet never went away with hockey players. Because, mm. you know, you, you, you got the flow coming out from the back of the helmet. Okay, okay. You know, but uh, I'm, I'm not really. And, but in everyday living? Yeah, I'm not, not super supportive of it. Yeah, it's it's a well. Hey, I I won't be growing one. Just to make you feel better. That's really yeah, great. I just want to reassure you. Because <laughs> that's what I was concerned about. I thought, when most people have an opinion about your beard. And well, that's sort of hair. like a face mullet, right? It's <laughs> it's the party in the front, and then business in the business back. in the back. It's it's yeah. That's really dumb. <laughs> Yeah, of course it is. So is a mullet. <laughs> All right, agreed. A mullet is ridiculous. All right, you told me you had a story about about something locally, <sighs> folks. Like we're just gonna keep doing this for a little while, so this is gonna be great. All right, so here's what happened. I felt like an episode of Seinfeld last night. Okay. Awesome. That's all I'm gonna say. And mostly, I felt like I was like 
channeling a Kramer situation. Okay, I, think, I think we might need to use code names here. Code names. Yeah. Okay. So like we don't accidentally like oh, I'm not actually gonna, libel anyone. I'm not going to actually mention the place. Oh, okay. I'm okay, just going to okay. say I went to go pick up some food last night. Get like you know dinner for the kids, and as I'm leaving this place, but by, by kids she means the the middle school kids, the youths, the youths, the youths. Yes, it was. She it was have no, I have no children except a cat, and his name is Miko. <sighs> you know, cat um, moms are real. No, no, they're not. <laughs> you are not a parent to your pet. Your pet is a pet. It's, it's, a, it's an baby. animal. It is no, it is not a baby. It's not a child. It's not a human being. You are not a parent to to a pet. That is that is disgusting. It is oh, so wrong. It is such a, an abuse of language. I. I <laughs> Like, where are we going as a culture? This is, like, clearly we are a decadent culture, a culture in decline that we're referring to our pets as children. This is ridiculous. I love pets. I have a dog. He's wonderful. But I am not his father. Now he's barking at me for saying that. <laughs> he's like, I disagree. <laughs> that was funny. So anyways, as I'm it's leaving okay. this place, it's okay. I there's these... like, insulting you, buddy. It's yeah, okay. he is. I know. He's I just know. doing... Aw. So as I'm leaving this place, there's these two guys, these two Italian guys. I, <laughs> like that's all I had to explain because the, no, the guy's got his his shirt and wife beater, wife beater showing and the cross showing. It was just like it looked like you're like New York Italian kind of guy, and they were there just conversing. I'm pretty sure they're there just hanging out, even though there's no coffee table to sit at. Okay. So they're in my way as I'm trying to leave this establishment, and. I have to skirt around them. Hey, yo, I'm standing to, over here. That's literally how they were talking. It was, it, so what ends up happening is there was some water next to the refrigerated section that I was walking by, and I slipped. Oh, no. And I take the fall of my life. No. Now, I'm epic. I am amazing because I saved that food. I landed on my knees. Um, so you want to know how I remember that I had a bruise this morning? Because I went to go kneel at mass, and as I went down on one knee, I was like, oh, jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> so I remembered what happened yesterday, so then I was thinking about my whole encounter. But you saved so, the food. Save the food. I admire you for that. Okay, uh, let so, me tell you, so I, I admire that. That's, yeah, it that's just it felt like an control. Olympic moment, and it was pretty heavy. Yeah, we're gonna call it. It was maybe like you know, 35, 40 pounds of food. Maybe that's extreme. I don't you know. You are a strong woman. Oh, I know. I do lifting you every once in a while. You are a strong, independent woman. Thanks. I admire you. Thank you. Enough. Um. So here's what I do. I lift up my hands as a sign to tell them, hey, can you take this out of my hands so I can get up? You wanna know what they say? They're like, oh, that was a mighty big fall. Watch watch out, there's water. And I was like, what? You're literally less than a foot away from me and all- Yeah, I'm you standing over here. Yes, all you could say is, be careful. And then this girl who actually works at the establishment runs from the other side of the store to pick up the tray out of my hand. Which was good of her. It was so grand of her, but I was like, I was just shook. So you were, you were. So I, what I felt was like as if Kramer somehow had embodied these two men in Seinfeld and just like laughed, like just wasn't really cognizant of the situation and just made a comment because that's what he does. You, you haven't seen Kramer like Seinfeld in a while. No, Kramer doesn't do that. Kramer, Kramer makes the grand entrance. He makes the grand entrance. He makes the grand entrance, and then he he does something ridiculous. But he would have reacted to that. Well, yes. But I don't know if he would have necessarily, in all situations, been aware think, of what he had to do. No, no, that's true. That's true. But like, if, if somebody falls, he's going to make some kind of a big reaction in response. He's not going to stand there indifferent. Right. Jerry well, would stand now there they, indifferent. They did make a big response. They just did not respond the correct way. Yeah. But so, like, there would have been something like, wow. <laughs> that's true. Jerry would have just looked at you. Yeah. So last Newman night, would have laughed, the evil laugh, you know. But it just felt like a, a Elaine sitcom. would have helped you. I think. Elaine would have helped me. Yeah. I think yeah. Elaine would have helped. Newman just would have been annoying. But like, it was just so funny. I was like, it just, I don't know. It was so characteristic. Like, I don't know if it was characteristic. It was just hilarious. I'm no, like, you encountered two rude people. That's really what it was. What happened? You encountered two very rude people. In the embodiment of like really intense Italian guys. And it, well, which I thought was funny. So when I left, no, I was like, just, that's kind of comedic. They just, they were just rude to you. Like, that's not an Italian thing. That's just no. rude. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. It's, it's not rude. an Italian no. thing. Like, you, you help somebody get it up. Come on. Yeah, but they didn't. So. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you had that experience. But I saved the food. Proud of you for that. I know. Proud of you. Yeah, me too. The kids really ate all of it, so that was great. Good. Yeah. It's fantastic. So that's all I got. That's all you got. Okay, well, folks, this is Rolling <laughs> the Lamb. Yeah. We've talked about nothing today. No, we've no, talked no, about we're gonna your, talk about stuff. your priestly cup. Ah, that's kind of cool. Like, 
the cup at mass, your priestly cup, the oh, fourth cup. No, we're not. Like... No, <laughs> no, we're not comparing my coffee cup to the sacred chalice. <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. I don't know what's wrong with me today. <laughs> You're on a roll though. I kinda, no, I'm I, kind of enjoying it. I'm, oh, I'm not gonna man, lie. This no. is this is fun. Yeah, I just got a lot to say this morning. <laughs> I think it's because the sun is out, so I'm not as like it, every day every day that it's been cloudy this past couple weeks. I've been a little SAD, seasonal affective disordered. So it's coming back. I got some like vitamin D last night. Apparently, two thousand units. As I'm gonna go for this this winter. Yeah, take some take some like. Uh, I know somebody who does like vitamins. four thousand. I take vitamins They're every day. But like the vitamin D thing. The vitamin are, that's D. That's really good. I'm like, do I get a sunshine lamp? I need to think about these things. Well, they do say. Getting, I don't know if it works. They said they said getting outside, when the sun is out, uh, especially early in the morning, mm. uh, for at least five minutes is supposed to be really good for you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. Get out get out there. Get some early sun exposure. It's good for you. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I said it, it actually helps, um, what is it, cortisol? That, I think. We'll go with it. I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, it, it sounds right, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds right. It sounds right. Isn't that a cream also? Cortisol cream? I don't know. I feel that's like a, it's that's a, cream. that's a thing I don't know about. No, but let's let's just go with it. <laughs> so here's here's a thing that I uh, was part of yesterday. We had our, our priest convocation yesterday. Yes. I'm and, so um, excited to hear about this. It, it, most of all, it was good to be with the other priests of the diocese. Cool. It was really good for us to be together. You're with your bros. Um, good to spend time together. You know, uh, this was our first uh, convocation since before the pandemic. We've had meetings, mm -hmm. um, and we those meetings tend to be uh, sort of like smaller groups. You have like a meeting of the pastors. You have a meeting of this group of priests. So it's, it's been smaller group things, but this is like one of our, our bigger, and it was a command performance, so we all had to be there. Mm. Um, you had to actually, there were some guys who weren't able to be there, and they had to actually write to the bishop and tell him why they couldn't be there, and they had to officially be excused. Oh. Uh, so this is this is a big one. Wow. Right, this is, this is a big deal. How many priests? Uh, I think there were 118 of us. Oh, okay. total, All right. um, who are present. And then there were a few, obviously guys, guys missing, either retired guys mm. uh, who don't live close by guys who are on other assignments, mm -hmm. um, or guys who, for whatever reason, weren't, weren't able to be present. So mm. I think total were like 160 or, or something like that. Uh, oh, wow. Um, yeah. Not, we do need We got to, we got to pray for vocations. Yep. Um, anyway, so it's really good to, to be together. Good to be, be with the guys. The, the talks were, bleh. They, they really weren't all that great. A lot of, there's a lot of like wellness stuff, which is important. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We, we yeah. need to, we need to know how to, how to take care of ourselves. We need to know how to be healthy. So the, in that way, it was all very good. Did you uh, have certain people come who were experts in these areas? Yeah, we did. We did. Oh, um, all right. but it was, it was two guys and they, they did a nice job. Um, yeah. they, they really did. But it, it, for me, it wasn't the it wasn't the conversation I needed to have mm. uh, on a personal level. Mm -hmm. I, I was looking for something a little bit different. But one of the fun debates of the day was they're talking about how for really good health, you need you need your sleep. You need to make sure that you rest. Yeah, it's it's extremely, extremely important. And one of the guys said uh, even a nap during the day can be really helpful, like a power nap. Yes. And the other guy later on said, uh, I'm going to directly contradict everything he said and say, no, you shouldn't be taking a nap. And this is this is actually a really th fun thing. So I, I've I not long ago read something about naps uh -huh. and sleep schedules and everything. So I was really fascinated by this because they say if you take uh, like a power nap, yeah. 10 to 15 minutes, not more than 20 minutes, it, it can help you to recharge and, and get moving again. But if you go longer than that it's going to disrupt your sleep schedule later on. Mm. It can make it harder for you to fall asleep. And then if it makes it harder for you to fall asleep, you fall asleep later than you normally would. And because you're falling asleep later than you normally would, you're not waking up at the time that you normally would. You're not getting before. as much sleep as you normally would. So they're like, yeah, you've got to, you've got to plan this. And so the guy was like, look, most people don't have the discipline for that 15-minute power nap. Mm. You've got to really, really discipline yourself for that. And a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, I'm going to take a power nap. And... Two hours later, they wake up because they don't power. You know what? <laughs> they don't do the power part. It sounds okay. like we need to bring back the siesta well, slash build it into our culture. <laughs> but here, here's so here. But here's the thing with the cultures that have a siesta. Yeah. In those in those cultures that have a siesta, there's a block of time where everything shuts down for several hours in the afternoon, mm -hmm. two to four hours. Yeah. And in that two to four hour block, you eat, and that's your main meal of the day. And then there's time for either for sleep 
for just some kind of rest, free time. And then a lot of those folks go back to work mm. and they continue working until, say, seven, eight, even nine o'clock at night. Mm. Um, if you go to Spain, for example, they'll have yeah. like their siesta time, but then dinner isn't until nine. 9 p.m. Mm. is kind of an early time to have to have dinner in Spain. Okay. So you're operating on just a, a very different schedule, which means that they're staying up later into the night. Right. So they're going to bed later, which means they wake up slightly later in the day. Okay. But even if they only get a few hours of sleep and wake up really early, yeah. they still only go until midday. Okay. Stop at midday for a couple hours mm. so that they're breaking, maybe taking a nap. So they're getting their sleep. It's just they're on a, a different, uh, different rhythm, different cycle. So if you take... The siesta, okay, but you've got to be in a culture that's also going to support the siesta. Mm. And a lot of times the culture that supports the siesta is also rooted deeply in the climate. So if you're in a place that's really hot, well, why do you stop in the middle of the day? Because it's too hot to do anything. <laughs> you've got to stop. You've got to rest. It's going to stay light a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. So we're going, to, we're going to come back to work later on. Anyway, uh, I thought that was a fun, a fun little debate because I'm very much in favor of, of naps. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I know myself that <clears> I, I can't do naps uh, unless I set a timer <laughs> and am really strict with myself because I mm. will, I will go down for an hour and a half, two hour nap. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, I can do that easily. <laughs> but the worst part is on the days where I'm like, okay, I definitely need to crash for a couple minutes. Yeah, that's the day I can't fall asleep. Oh, I'm like, I need, I need this nap. I need, I need 15 minutes. Nope. 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 Can't do not it. happening. Not mm. happening. Wish it would. Doesn't. That stinks. Right? Yeah. Isn't that the worst? Yeah. Yeah. Naps are good. I don't know how people can really fit it into their schedule. So when I was a kid, my mom would say, Hey, we're going to have a siesta. You know what I thought she said every time we were going to do our nap time. I always thought she was saying fiesta. I'm like, we're going to have a party. And, and every day you I loved fell it. for it. I was like, dang it. I thought, we're, and then, and then it'd be like, oh, we're taking a nap. I always misunderstood it. Well, think about it biblically, right? The nap, <clears throat> it's always a moment of encounter. Every time somebody falls asleep in scripture. Yeah. If it's, if it's, if we're writing about, if, if you're reading about, about somebody who is sleeping mm -hmm. in scripture, what, what is happening? The first nap. It is hard. Adam. God cast a deep sleep over the man. <laughs> Out comes woman. Exactly. Adam took a nap. <laughs> and God was able to create because Adam took a nap. It was like, Adam, get out of the way. Oh my I'm going to make something. I'm going to do something. <laughs> right? Uh, Joseph, not Joseph, the, the, the father, the foster father of Jesus, but Joseph and then in the technicolor, technicolor dream coat. Right? Yeah. Joseph has dreams. So many dreams. And in those dreams, he, he, he receives revelations from God. Yeah. How many times do you hear about people who falling asleep or falling into a trance-like state experience a vision? They see something. God gives them a message. And because God gives them that message, they're able to then be refreshed to go on for their mission, to carry out their mission. Did you share this as biblical evidence in support of naps? No, no, I, I didn't. Convocation? I chose not to. Because this would have really... I didn't want to show off too much. I, no, you're like, well, this is biblically based, so. Well, no, it it was. <laughs> I was just letting them talk. I decided I didn't want to comment on on any of that stuff. But All right. if you think about it, I, I think there's a deeper message there. It's not just that that naps are in the Bible. Is that we're tired? Well, it's that we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's also that when when we rest, God wants to recreate. Mm -hmm. He wants to refresh us. He wants to give us something. And by giving us that something, by by helping us to 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 grow, where like we're found. then able to go and, and carry out the mission. Jesus falls asleep in the boat, yeah. And in the midst of the storm, he's he's just he's asleep. He's able even even in a time of crisis and difficulty, he's able to to get that rest, and then he calms the storm. Mm -hmm. He's rested. Yeah. <laughs> as as you're saying this, I'm like, oh, I need a new mattress. <laughs> No, I'm not even kidding. You know what I did this morning? I literally was like, I need a box spring and a mattress because I'm literally falling through my bed. That's not good. No. no so no, I, ba that, I wake up with like happening. back pain. So anyways, I was like, wow, this is uh, just telling me to go get that new mattress. Go get the new mattress. <laughs> go get the new Have mattress. Have you seen those ads for the, the ones that like they send you in the mail and you, you unroll it and it yeah, they're like, so cool. inflates itself yeah. and then it's supposed to be like super memory foam and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Those, those look really cool. I've never, I've never actually um, seen one in person. My sister had one and when it came in, we're like, where's the mattress? <laughs> we were really concerned. It's all rolled up, right? You're yeah. Like and then, tight. and then you just, Zoop. yeah. And then it starts breathing and it comes alive. That's all that happens. Hmm. It's 
pretty fascinating. It's kind of cool. Is it comfortable? Yeah. Um, after a few years, it starts to just like meh. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a shelf life to things like that. Yeah, but it's comfortable. It's pretty good. It's cool packaging. Okay. Yeah. So, naps are biblical. <laughs> naps are biblical. We have we have established this this fact. Yes. Um. What what else? What do you got? Okay. Tell me something good that happened. Oh, all right. Really enjoying our biblical walkthrough of the mass. Okay. With uh, the young adults. And what we were doing in scripture this week was, well, we had to look up like 12 scripture passages. <laughs> and we were looking at the confiator. Confiator. Confitior. Confitior. Okay. I confess the to I Almighty confess God part. and to yes. you, my brothers and sisters. And looking specifically. Confitior, they owe me ponente. We were looking specifically at the areas in which we. Um, which we sin in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions, and in our sense of omission. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, what it had us look at was looking at the certain parts of the um, of scripture that talked about how we fail to live up to, you know, our words, actions, and deeds in the way that our Lord wants us to. But then what was really cool was it uses a lot of the letters from St. Paul to talk about how to overcome those things. Mm. So it wasn't just like, hey, you filled like in this area, but the next verses afterwards was, this is how you overcome it. So it was really cool to see nice. the scripture that was being, because that's what it is. Scripture is teaching you how to live your Christian life. It's a blueprint. Paul writes about it. It's amazing. Do you find a lot of times that we we do that examination we recognize, all right, here's how I failed. Mm -hmm. And that's where we stop. Th yes, yes, exactly. I think we do. I don't yeah. I don't know how many of us actually believe we can be transformed because I was talking with somebody this past week and we were having a conversation that when you go to church, you should have this, um, you should feel challenged when you leave. There should be something about you that is a little bit unsettled because you're examining your life um, and not in a way that's actually saying you're dirt, like you're, you know, you're not worthy of anything. Dirt, you're filth, you I'm, disgust me. I'm just thinking about the, no, I'm just thinking about the uh, Ignatian meditations and it's like, you are a worm. I am a worm. <laughs> um, sorry. But it should be challenging you to have hope in your own transformation. Yeah. And when you give, and so we were kind of talking about it and he was saying like how sometimes so many people in church can just give really nice Jesus and then there's no need to kind of be so self-reflective about your life and the call to transformation, the right. call to a life of grace. So what I really loved was those scripture passages that told you how to overcome it really were scripture passages of hope. Like this is what you can do. Yeah. This is what the Lord desires to do. Um, here's how you need to use community in these situ like to help answer certain, these certain sins. Or here's how you answer to the church, which is here to support you in your walk of transformation. Right. Um, yeah, because so often you get you, you get a passage of scripture, and, and the focus is just on what it prohibits. Right. Or that it's it's saying that something is right. a sin, but then we we forget so often that. The antidote to that sin is also in the scriptures. Literally, the, it's, the way to not do that, or yes. the graces that come because you are faithful to the covenant that God has made, that, that because you're faithful to following His commandments, those graces that are, are available to you are also explained mm -hmm. in the scriptures. But so often we don't really read that far. We just kind of stop it. Okay, these are these are the things that the Bible tells me I'm not supposed to do, or that the Bible tells me are sins. Right. And then when I do my own personal uh, examination of conscience, what I'm doing is I'm stopping at this is the thing that I did instead of forgetting also that I have been taught how to overcome that mm -hmm. not just taught how to overcome the sin how to avoid the sin i've also been taught the reward for the for yes. that, that fidelity to the commands and, yes and so easily i can i can forget that the other part is sometimes i think we we get so caught up in the sin itself or in the in the mm -hmm. idea of it that like you said uh we're, we're just overly focused on that we don't believe that there's transformation available right or we, we enter forget. into scrupulosity and we just we kind of like yeah, we we, well, we can we, we can forget that there's that there's the possibility of of God's grace at work in our hearts, mm -hmm. and on the other side, mm -hmm. so that's that's one extreme where we're so focused on on the sin or on the absence of of grace or the possibility of transformation. On the other side, 
like he was saying, we just focus on nice Jesus. Mm -hmm. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. Aren't you just a, a perfect person? Mm -hmm. And you kind of deny the possibility that you're even capable of sin. Right, right. right? Like nothing is wrong with oh, you. It's, you're it's a not good that person. bad. I, I basically do everything I'm supposed to do. Right. But we actually need to be aware of, of the two things. Right. Because we're under the law of grace, not under the law of man. And yeah. that says it in scripture. Like we are, our standard is grace. And when that is the truth, and, the, and the, yes, it is the truth, every, that changes reality. That changes everything the way you think. But see, here's the thing. We can, a lot of times in our culture, we think that if you're under the law of grace, that means the law of man doesn't apply. Mm. But, in, but it's built up in on. doing that, mm. in doing that, you're actually caving into the law of man. Mm-hmm. Because in this case, it's not the written law of man, but the mm. way that, that we think. This is oh, my logic. Yeah. So what I want. Yeah. So we, we start to excuse, well, isn't it okay to, to do this or that? It should be okay. I, it feels like it's fine. Yeah. I don't think it's that wrong. That's the law of man. Mm -hmm. You are you are thinking not as, as God thinks, but as, as men do, as human beings do, right? The law of grace lets you recognize that there is such a thing as sin, but that sin no longer has power over you. Right. That's the, the law of grace yeah. sets you free from the dominion and the power that sin Slavery has sin, yeah. in the world. The law of grace sets you free to be transformed and healed. Mm -hmm. So when we're living in the law of grace, I'm not worried about the sin, except insofar as I know that when I sin, I'm doing something that is contrary to God's gift. Mm. And so sin pains me because mm -hmm. I realize what I've done and that what I am choosing, how I am living, is not what he wants for me. And isn't it amazing how grace forms your conscience? Like so all of a sudden you realize, you start thinking things that you didn't think were a problem before, but grace is like making it very apparent to you. The spirit is like, hey, yeah. Yeah. hey, you shouldn't be like, do it. And it's well, like, and it's like, when did this happen? But when you make yourself available to that transformation, the spirit comes in, it starts kind of, Cleaning your house, the yeah. home of your heart. It's like hmm, we gotta patch up that hall. We gotta tear down those well, those things. It's it's it's. it's look at what happens when somebody has that moment of conversion. Mm -hmm. Typically, what's the first moment of conversion? What's the first thing that someone recognizes when God breaks through in their life? The first thing they recognize is their sin, right? They they start to realize I've been doing this. I've been doing this thing, and this is the thing that I've held on to. Mm -hmm. I, I have held on to this pattern of behavior, to this habit, whatever it is, and I've been doing this for, for a long time, and that's interfering with my ability to have a relationship with God. I want to have a relationship with God, and God is screaming to them. Mm -hmm. I want to have a relationship with you too. Mm -hmm. let's, let's go. But in order for that to happen, this thing that you're doing, this habit that you have has to go. And so the, the first movement of, of a conversion is a movement away from that sinful thing that you've held on to, mm -hmm. right? After a while, you break that habit of sin. So habitual sin, thing that we keep choosing to do over and over and over again, mm -hmm. and we, we work on it, and eventually we get we get past it. What happens once the habitual sin is eradicated in your life? When you're no longer stuck in the in the habit of sin, you go, okay, I'm I'm doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. And then you start to realize the other things that are also holding you back. So the conversion is is actually deepening. Yeah. Now, it could sound like you're saying, okay, now I've, I've gotten rid of the really big sin. Now I'm going to discover new big <laughs> sin in my life. And that's not always that's not always what it is. Sometimes yeah. you realize, oh, actually, I've also been doing this other thing that's really seriously problematic, but yeah. I just didn't realize it because I was so focused on this other thing. Mm-hmm. When you start to recognize those other little things, what, what's really happening is God is building up in your heart that that virtue, mm -hmm. virtue, that habit of choosing what is good, that virtue, that that free choice to to opt for God's plan mm -hmm. and to live according to what his law says. And his law is for your flourishing. Right. The law is not to, to bind us or to oppress us. The law is to, to build us up so that we can live in his image. Right. And so if we're doing that and we're, we're, we're starting to grow. You start to your, your conscience is formed more perfectly because mm -hmm. you start to realize smaller things that are, are problems. But those smaller things that, that are problems, you start to work on right away mm -hmm. or you're able to repent of right away. Mm -hmm. And then you start to become more virtuous. Well, as, as the habit of virtue starts to build up in you, it's not just that you're, you're no longer sinning. But it's that you are automatically almost choosing what's good. So yeah. to act virtuously becomes the most natural thing. Yeah. So somebody is is mean to you and you respond with kindness and with love. 
somebody comes to you with with a difficult problem and they're upset about something and instead of responding with your your same level upsetness or mm-hmm. or or vigor you're able to respond with, with a, a calm with a with a peace um, so i have a story about that i had a friend who got yelled at by his boss this past weekend and it was like bad let's just say like a chair was flipped this is a very angry boss does he work for bobby knight <laughs> i don't even know who that is i i kind of knew that and you just wanted to say that I did. I just oh. kind of want, I'll, I'll send you the video of Bobby Knight flipping chairs. It's pretty oh. great. Oh, okay. So anyways, but so he was telling me he was actually impressed with his response to his boss that it was actually filled with grace, like did not yell back, did not try to like give the same, um, in return. And then even though it was a horrible experience left praising God because of what he, what, well, one, he was already working on his character Two. By choosing to respond with charity, Grace was able to work. Mm. And so he's he was shocked about it himself. Like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah. Like, he was already doing the little things in preparation for a heroic moment. So I'm going to point out a moment of virtue in your life. Sure. Right? Um, you're carrying these trays of, of 50 pounds of food, <laughs> and you slip and fall. And yeah. these guys were, hey, I'm standing over here. <laughs> They don't do anything. Yeah. Now, you would be well within your rights to yell at them, to be upset with them. Oh, true. It, it would make perfect sense yeah, why would I according do that? to our logic. But in, instead of instead of becoming angry. Yeah. I just laugh. <laughs> yeah, well, you were, you were able to laugh, but you were able to receive that that moment where they should have behaved differently. Like justice would have demanded that they behave differently. Yeah. Right? Their failure to be just to you mm. did not make you angry uncharitable instead you were able to see just look at them and say first of all like what's wrong <laughs> why why aren't you doing anything which is an honest thing right right there's yeah. no there's no judgment yeah. of them except that you're judging the situation correctly yes justly yes right some judgment is just oh yes of course right? <laughs> <laughs> not all judgment is bad you ought to have done this for me but you didn't but instead of it becoming something that you obsess over and that you're angry about that you're that you're carrying rage towards these, these <laughs> rude men. Instead, you were able to just say, all right, I'm just going to move on with my life. It's just tell a funny story about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> it becomes a funny story instead. But you see, sometimes that's the difference. Yeah. It's the difference between, um, you know, local youth minister arrested at, <laughs> at a store for assaulting, uh, <laughs> assaulting lazy bums uh, and you having a funny story to tell. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it could have been a headline. It could have been a headline. And instead, it's just a funny anecdote that we're able to laugh at now. Oh, exactly, exactly. But that's the movement of virtue. That's the movement of grace in, in, in your life. Yeah. We, the more we cooperate with that grace that God is giving to us, and he's always giving it to us, right? There's always yeah. there's always something that he wants us to receive, and he mm-hmm. wants us to be built up in his grace. He wants us to know his presence. That becomes habitual for us mm-hmm. so that every day in everything that we do, there are these little ways of grace, these habits of, of bringing God into our lives and into, into everything that we're, that we're about. It's not the butterfly effect where you do small little things, but you don't foresee certain outcomes about it. Because the butterfly effect is that if a butterfly flapped its wings, you know, a thousand years ago, it set in, in, in motion a chain of events that led to me. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, so like I read some other definition that was like the complete the ripple opposite. effect. The ripple effect is that if you drop like a little pebble into the, into I got the pond, that. It ripples out. And, you know, and maybe the thing the that I was pond. reading was just wrong in its thing. Because when I read it, I was like, that sounds like something else that I know. But I don't know why they're calling it the butterfly effect. Anyways, clearly what I'm reading is the wrong literature. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we shouldn't do time travel, actually. Oh. Yeah. Because yeah. if, you, if you travel back in time and you and you do something, it can throw off the whole timeline for for everything. Yeah. Did you watch um, mm-hmm. Loki? I don't need to watch Loki. I saw Back to the Future. No, no, no. Loki's still Back to the good... Future explains everything but Loki... about time travel and why it shouldn't be done. I know, but you Back gotta... to the Future is actually a watch... documentary about why time travel is unethical. So you've seen the you didn't Marvel know that, movies? Did you? you didn't know that, ta- that no. Back to the Future was about... I... Why... It's a documentary. You didn't know it's a true story. It's, <laughs> it's a documentary. I'm not going to let you talk about Marvel right now. I'm going to insist that you talk about Back to the Future. I love me. Back to the Future. Good. It's so good. There's so many lessons to be learned from Back to the Future. My favorite scene is when they, they put the little pizza and a toaster oven it comes out as a full pizza i don't know why but that was my favorite well because we all thought 2015 was going to be that amazing yeah right (laughs) but now we have touch screen phones so i mean like who foresaw that they they did 
They did. Well, they did. Yeah. Yeah. It's a documentary. Tom, it's, a documentary <laughs> it's a documentary, but it also is a documentary explaining the ethics behind time travel. And this is why we've got to be super careful. How do we get to time travel? The butterfly effect. Oh, oh, got it, got it, got it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All, all in all, just we to get to the ripple effect. We can't alter the timeline. We can't alter the timeline. You really got to watch Loki. very dangerous. I will. It's really good. Yeah. I haven't gotten to that yet, but all I right, will. All right. All right. That's cool. You know why I watch the Marvel movies? Because superheroes are great. Well, they are, and I think there's there's actually a lot of there's a lot of Christian good stuff. undertones. It's funny because I didn't grow up reading comic books. Neither um, did I. <laughs> I was I was aware of Superman, uh -huh. and I thought that the S was for Sam. My gosh, you can see right. I know. <laughs> I've, I've had an issue with pride since I was a very small child. All right, I'm not I'm not afraid to admit that. No, but wait, like, you're serious? What else would S be for? <gasps> You know the Stella Doro cookies? Yeah. Like they're, they're in the shape of an S. Oh those my. are for me. Those are those are Sam. My grandmother, my grandmother, God, God rest her soul, she would have those cookies for me in the in the house. And so every time I, I so came your pride over, was fed. I got I got S cookies and we'd sit there and we'd have we'd have the Sam cookies because oh there there was those were definitely. Did she called them the me. Sam cookies. No, they were S cookies. <laughs> they were S cookies. And and because of that, they I knew that they were for me. My I knew that they were for me. Gosh. But she, see, this is okay. This is why I love my grandmother because she would, she would act as though they, that's really what they were for. Yeah. It was, I mean, literal decades later that I found out that they were made by a company called Stella Doro, and the <laughs> S was for Stella. And I, I was, I, I was a little bit heartbroken that they weren't actually for me. Mm -hmm. I still buy them and eat them because I, they're delicious. First <laughs> of all, and they go great with coffee. Which, as a kid, I didn't know that. I just dunked them in milk and, and thought that was a good thing. <laughs> and then I discovered, no, they're actually made to be dunked in coffee, which is like <laughs> brilliant. I love it. Anyway, so I started watching the Marvel movies. I, I never grew up watching com or reading comic books or right. anything like that. Um, I think I, I saw a couple of uh, Superman cartoons and Batman cartoons on, on TV, like on Saturday morning or something okay. like that. Uh, and I always thought Superman was cool because he could fly and he was bulletproof. Yeah, and I just thought that was the that was really cool, um, but never never really got into it. And so I had friends in school and stuff who read X Men comic books like crazy. I never got into any of that stuff, um, but I saw uh, I think it was Captain America. Mm -hmm. I saw I saw the first Captain America movie. I was, okay, this is this is pretty cool. You start to see this like, all right, there's a a, a motion of a movement of self sacrifice, mm -hmm. a sense of I, I want to do better. I want to be better than than what I am right now. There's mm -hmm. there's all this stuff stuff about uh about virtue but you also see flaws and, and weakness so like comic books really capture a lot of cool stuff about the human condition mm. and then the idea of the heroism is that i want to i want to do great things but then you start to realize i'm not always perfect mm -hmm. and i mean not for nothing but the superheroes always kind of remind me of the saints in that when you read a really good honest solid biography of a saint Oof, and not just a hagiography. So a hagiography is hagiography. Yeah, a hagiography. Okay. Is a uh, it's it's more like the legend of the saint. Oh, which is it's really the one where everything that they, yeah everything they did was wonderful so and perfect, annoying. and they they so walked like on all rose the petals all movies. the time. A lot of the saint movies are like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay. They they kind of sanitize everything. It's so annoying. Whereas when you read a really good honest biography of a saint, you see like their their flaws. Mm -hmm. You see their strengths. You see why they were so virtuous, mm -hmm. but you also see the things that they had to overcome. And then if you, again, if you get a really good saint biography, you're also getting something of their journal mm -hmm. where they're writing, but I am a wretched sinner. <laughs> like you, I suck. Yeah. You realize how, how aware they were of their own flaws yeah. and yet they attain these great heights of sanctity. Yeah. So that's what we're looking for. Well, all right. So the, the superhero movies and stuff, I think do a good job of capturing that in a different way mm. uh, without explicit reference to virtue, mm -hmm. uh, to spirituality, to God, things like that. Mm -hmm. But there's even, even there, there's like a search for something divine, a yeah. search for something, something really good. Anyway. So I started watching the Marvel movies though, because, uh, some of my, my young cousins are, are huge mm. Marvel fans. And my, my cousin Eli was kind of upset with me one day when I asked him a question about the incredible Hulk and he was upset that I didn't already know this and that he had to explain <laughs> to me things about Hulk. And I honestly, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed that I didn't know. And, and he was like, but, 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 but you know, so Father Sam, stuff. come on. And he's, then he's, he's giving me plot summaries of, of these movies. And I'm like, this kid, this kid has memorized the whole thing. He knows the whole canon. This is actually really impressive. <laughs> 
I got to I got to get up to speed because next time I see him, I, I need to be able to have an intelligent conversation with him about oh this. I think he's nine now, you know, oh so I've got to I got to be able to talk to a nine year old about superheroes. That's great. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. But see, that's the other part that, that I like. And, and Bishop Barron talks about this. Uh, he, he talks about the, the idea of the biblical story mm-hmm. and how people will say, well, the, the Bible's too hard for kids to understand. Nah. And he goes, no, it's not. And he uses the example of one of uh, his employees in the Word on Fire Institute. And she brought her daughter and she said, uh, tell Bishop about uh, about Star Wars. And she just started listing all of the Star Wars characters. And he says, if, if they can remember these names, mm-hmm. if they can remember all of this stuff, then please don't tell me that they can't remember scripture uh, and scriptural characters. Names. Yeah, yeah, they can definitely do it. And in fact, when you realize that there's a story, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, there's a story and it's a beautiful story. It's a powerful story. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Actually, that's why I got for my cousins who are big uh, superhero fans. I got them the Action Bible, which is oh, a, it's, yeah, it's it's a Catholic really cool. uh, children's Bible, but it's in comic book form. Yeah. So it's like a big graphic novel. Yeah. And it's done by a guy who actually used to draw for Marvel Comics. Oh, yeah. no way. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What an awesome way to use your gifts. Right. Wow. But it's, it's just taking the Bible. Bible stories wow. and illustrating them and, and putting them into this, into this format. So, yeah. because what it's trying to do is teach the kids the story. Yes, exactly. You know, you don't, at that age, you don't need to, to have the whole theology behind it all. You don't necessarily need to understand all of the symbology. You right. just need the story. Yeah. And eventually then you start to recognize what the symbols are. You mm-hmm. start to, you start to see them as, as they're recurring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. That's the other great thing with, when you know the story, you can go back to it again and again, and then you start as as you as you grow in the story. Oh, you it's find like I've I've read the story now I know yeah. more of it, and then you discover more more of it and everything. You watch those movies a, a thousand times, and, mm-hmm. and you start figuring stuff out. And actually, that's the the cool thing with the the way the Marvel movies work. Mm-hmm. You, you know what happens at the end of the Marvel movies? They leave an Easter egg. The credits start rolling, and you got to sit there. Yep. You got to wait. Yeah. Right, because you know there's something else coming. Yeah. But then in every single movie, you start to see either a connection or a flashback to one of the other movies. Right. So you start to realize where this is. There's a website actually that gives you um, the chronolog, well, uh, on Disney Plus actually. Excuse no way. Me. On Disney Plus, you can, it, it used to just be on online, you have to find it, but Disney Plus started actually putting, if you go to the Marvel section, okay, it will list the, uh, the, the Marvel superhero movies in chronological order from when they came out. Okay. And then in timeline order. Okay, I watched them in timeline order and my roommate had to figure that out. So yeah. she spent a day on the internet well, making sure that we would watch it during yeah yeah like but what, what's cool correct. is that, like the timeline order you're seeing them as as they as, as, they're, as, as they're happening yeah, which, is, they're which happen- is cool yeah, yeah yeah if you watch them in the order that they came out that's also cool because you're getting the different stories and you're starting to piece together different things as you watch you start realizing, oh wait that happened over and then this character was over here and they were doing this and so you start making all these all these cool connections the same thing though happens when you read scripture because the scripture stories aren't always in historical timeline yeah there's there's these interruptions and these pieces that kind of pop in and you're like wait a second this is but then you start realizing this image comes from this story over here so this image that the psalms uses comes from this story over here with king david and something that happened to david mm-hmm. or this image that jesus is speaking about is actually taken from the prophet isaiah or these words are used always in these contexts and you start to you start putting putting together all these all these little pieces and then you start to recognize where the the symbolic things are, are happening. Yeah. You know? What's really cool is you take that further and you do that with your own story. So I had somebody last night send me this. Um, I've been, I sent her this podcast, The Place We Find Ourselves. And the big thing about we this. We find ourselves here. Well. <laughs> Get it? Perhaps. Because this is where we are. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't laugh at that. It's not funny. That's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> again, another <laughs> irrelevant comment. Yep. <laughs> so. Uh, Adam Young, who's a therapist, he try to tries to get people to write their story out um, in a way. Adam to... Young is also a priest in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island. Cool. Yeah, mm. yeah this guy's not. <laughs> yeah, not this, definitely not the same person. No. Definitely not the same person. But hey, Father Adam Young. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. So what's what's awesome is she actually sent me her story last night. Um, but it's when you're actually looking at your story and you're writing it. Um, because if if you know, it's a really it's a therapist. He goes through a bunch of things about helping people how to navigate through their story through the Christian lens and how to kind of in a way, write your own psalm. Like, what are the cries of your heart? Just write it out. And so I haven't read it yet. But uh, she was she sent me this text. She goes, I was really inspired as I've been listening to this podcast uh, to write my own story. So I'm hoping that you can read it. But I thought it was really powerful for her because one, she's writing down her story, but she's beginning to see connections to her past. Yeah. And then 
to her future and what is happening in her present as a way to connect that. In the same way that we do that with scripture, like we're connecting the the new, the revelation of Christ that is already hidden in the Old Testament and has just a continuation. But even that in our personal life, that's happening too. Like there are things that um, have been gifted to us. Like at our baptism, we were given certain things that we're uncovering when we're like older, yeah. um, you know, really uncovering our mission, like the, these things that we were anointed for. Uh, so it, it's interesting how you can take all these things from like the level of the movie to scripture, to you in yeah. your personal life, in your personal walk of transformation. And then how each of those things becomes another layer too. Yes. It's not just uncovering, right. it's layering on. Yes, yes. So you get the, the idea of like this image now has a layered meaning. It's more textured. Yes. So it's it, this is an image that scripture uses. This is something that you're going to read here. But now as it's repeated or as it's used in a different context, now added to that meaning is this other aspect of it. So there's a great article. Uh, I know you haven't seen the show yet, but I'm going to insist that you that you do watch it eventually. Arrested Development. I, I don't like the banana stand. The money's in the banana stand. Yeah, is there's, that always, the one? there's always money in the there's banana stand. Yeah. That's, all I, that's all I got. I there, was got... A, there was a great article that came out a few years ago, and it was about how Arrested Development helped me learn to read scripture. What? Right? <laughs> what? Now, Arrested Development is in no way, shape, or form a religious show. No, it's not. <laughs> but their their approach to comedy is brilliant oh. because one of the things that they, that they do is they repeat jokes mm. and they they repeat or they repeat these lines, these little themes, and so a repeated line eventually becomes something that's funny. Yes. It's not funny the first four or five times it's repeated, but then right. all of a sudden you realize that they've just been building up this premise or they've been building yes. up this theme that all of a sudden becomes hysterically funny. Yeah. And they'll, they'll do callbacks to it. So they'll, they'll make a joke using that same word or they've got like a little echo thing that happens or they, they've got these, these different themes. And every time you're not just thinking about the joke they just made, you're also thinking about three or four other jokes that they made during the series. And because That's you're thinking connected. about those other jokes, you're connecting it to these other things. So it, That totally makes sense. It makes, it makes the sense. humor deeper and yeah. funnier. And I don't think fun, is funnier, funnier. Can I say that? More funny? More funny. Funnier. I think funnier is a word, right? I, I, let's hope so. Anyway. You're the one. You're better at the English language yeah, but than I, I am. But I had to stop and, and question. <laughs> which, which... All right, ready? I'm going to nerd out for a second. Okay. There's a whole it. scene in Arrested Development where George Michael is questioning whether or not he's using a, a phrase correctly, and he, he stops, and there's like five minutes of him. It's not really five minutes. But there's just this whole, this whole scene of him struggling to understand if he's saying it correctly, and then he's like, no, it sounds stupid. I sound like an idiot. That, <laughs> that was really literally upset. me when I got back from – I got to class my first day of fifth grade. I remember writing something after summer, and I wrote the word because, and it looks so wrong. And so I stared at it for a few minutes. I was like, that's not right. Yeah. That looks weird. No, that's not right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great scene from Black Sheep with uh, Chris Farley and David Spade. They're, they're talking about the word roads. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and they go into this whole thing and they're trying to figure out why it's spelled that way. It's, Roads. It's a weird word. It's okay. Weird, so we have a lot of that so stuff. So I have to right? watch Arrested Development to help me better read scripture. Because it, it gives you a sense of, <laughs> of how these, these themes repeat. But when you realize that that's what's happening in Arrested Development, you also start to realize that yeah. that's something that's happening in Scripture again well, and again and again. that's part of a good story. Yeah. You know, a good story is actually connecting. The most annoying ones is when, like, what does that have to do with this? Nothing. And, like, really weird transitions. But, yeah. Speaking of weird transitions, no, I'm just oh kidding. Oh, my gosh, that was. I had a <laughs> you, you, I had You, a you like, set thought. it up for me. It was great. Oh, no. No, I'm not going to I'm not gonna make a transition there. I, I just really. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. No, but that, that's it. That's it. It's about storytelling, and storytelling is important, and how you tell a story is important, yeah. and how even us learning to be able to tell our story is also really important. So that idea of, of writing down your own story, mm -hmm. um, that's something that, I learned, uh, I think back in seminary, um, but I've, I've used it a few times with people mm. where I asked them, all right, if we're going to do some spiritual direction here or something, write down your, your spiritual autobiography. Mm. Just give me a couple pages on who you are, where you're coming from. Oh, that's good. Because it's not really for me. No, it's for it, them. It does give me some information about their where they're coming from, mm -hmm. but it gets them reflecting on some stuff. Oh, mm -hmm. this is where I've seen God present and active in my life. This is how my prayer life has developed over the years. This mm -hmm. is what's happened. This is why I am where I am. And they don't even necessarily 
make reference to their reception of the sacraments or anything. Mm. It just it's it's more. But their like personal this. relationship. Yeah, with I the mean, Lord. theoretically, yeah. what should happen when you're writing your spiritual autobiography? I was baptized on this day, and thus began my life of grace. I actually want to know when I was baptized. You and can I, look it up. I just have to call the church, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I should. I've been meaning to do that because I know somebody who does that, and then they take they have a cake to celebrate their baptism day. Yeah. Right and on. it's so cool. I'm like, wow. My, the my, day you were made a new creation. My baptism anniversary is coming up. Um, it's in October. I can't remember what day now, but I know it's coming up. And then I have, uh, for the, the children of some friends of mine, uh, I baptized two of their three. I'm godfather number three, uh, little Josephine. And uh, I have their, their baptism days written down on oh, my calendar. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't really do much for their birthday, but <laughs> I, I try to say something to them for their, for their, their baptism, baptism day. day. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then it's, it's funny because the two older girls, I know their birthdays distinctly because uh, one was born on the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross mm-hmm. and the other was born on New Year's Day. Ah. So they're easy, easy days for me to remember. Yep. And then my goddaughter, um, I have to look on the calendar and, and check w- what her birthday is because <laughs> I can never remember it. <laughs> I can never remember, and I feel terrible. You fell I feel on a like, day that was not memorable. <laughs> I feel like such a bozo that I can't remember it. Don't let her like, listen to this podcast. I, she she's just learning to talk, so oh, I think, well I think then I'm safe for now. You're safe. Yeah. You're safe. That's fine. <laughs> for now, it'll be archived. Yeah, exactly. Once she was yeah. baptized here, so I can always look it up. Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, yeah. So knowing your story, scripture is amazing. Um, yeah. Naps are good. Naps are good. Got to watch Arrested Development. Oh my gosh. I am very happy to be promoting this to you. Yes, I know. You've been trying for six years. But see, here's the thing. I, know, I made it I through know, a couple episodes and I was like, eh. I know you're not going to follow through. Really? Yeah. Is that a challenge? Uh-huh. I'm just going to resign myself to the fact that you won't do anything with this. No, no, no. Because now when you put it like that, I actually, now I need to do it. Ugh. Paula, do you see how how much I have learned about you over these years. What? That was subtle. That was very good. See how I've, I have learned about you? Wow. Yep. I yep. am always up for a challenge. Well, there we go. What? The fact that you just caved made me actually want to watch it. I know. I know. Oh, wow. All First right. of all, it, it's going to show you some scriptural stuff. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna help you realize how typology and and repeated words and everything and, and yeah. what all that means. Um, but I just don't think that you'll do it. Challenge. Honestly, that just somehow motivated me to watch this. Woo! All right. <laughs> so you won for today. I'm gonna count that as a victory for me. Cool. Uh, Father Sam won. Paula, zero. Cool. I don't know how to respond to that. Actually, I think I think you've won several before this, so it's more like Paola. I'm like, what are we winning? What are we? I don't know. I think I think, what is I think the category? If, if we're keeping an honest scorecard, it's like Paula three, Father Sam one. I like that better. Yeah, that sounds yeah, I think that's, more that's reasonable. A more, a more honest scorecard. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, now I can say that is it because I have nothing else to add for today's conversation. Sweet. Thanks, Paula. This was fun. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Paula. En- I enjoyed myself today with this. <laughs> it's one heck of a day. It's a heck of a day. Awesome. <laughs> Hey, I'm Father Sam. I'm Father Finya. This is Roar Like the Lamb.